Welcome to Nouveau Shamanic Cinema with Rosa Lewis and Joost Vervoort. In this episode we watch Upstream Colour, a 2013 film written, directed, produced by and starring Shane Carruth. It's an experimental science fiction film that gives plenty of room for exploring the status of reality and diving into imaginal and shamanic themes. Enjoy! Welcome everybody to the second episode of Nouveau Shamanic Cinema. Hi Rosa, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Yeah, really enjoyed just watching Upstream Colour. Yeah, so Upstream Colour is a, um, a movie, it's an experimental science fiction film from 2013, which uh, has been written, directed, produced and stars Shane Carruth. And it's the second film by Shane. Uh, the first one was Primer, which is from 2004. And yeah, this is another film that we're diving into with our podcast uh, because we sort of suspected that it would have some significant imaginal resonance and that we could... Again, Again, like last time, we are going to talk about mostly what the film meant to us, how we resonated with the film. The idea of this podcast is not to discuss the quality of the movie or anything like that, because there's a million podcasts out there like that. We are interested in connecting to imaginal practice through watching movies together. Yeah, nice. And also any themes such as like interconnection and yeah, I guess meaning and those sorts of things in terms of an understanding of the world in that dharmic way as well. Yeah, so a dharmic imaginal way to approach movies. And it seems that this film fits us quite well. We just watched it, uh, both of us. And uh, yeah, let's talk about it. So maybe just dive right in. Rosa, what's the first association you had with Upstream Caller? What's the thing that resonates the most with you about it? Yeah, I think right from the start that opened with those kids moving in sync with each other and it was they'd consumed some little maggots which obviously had some impact on their consciousness. And then after that, they were sort of moving in sync in a martial artsy type way, but with their eyes closed, so they couldn't see each other. But it was almost like their bodies were moving as one. And then it was combined with that sort of choppy editing where it was almost like looking through someone's eyes so that you were quite sort of close up in various bits of detail and then you'd move to something else. And then things were obviously kind of moving in sync and jumping around a bit. And in that way, it felt very absorbed like through the eyes of someone who's very absorbed in what's happening and yeah something about that it was almost like watching it from a certain state of consciousness where you're aware of things like synchronicity and very present and absorbed in what's happening and that was almost one of the threads that held the movie together it was more the kind of tone and feeling of it as much as the plot I felt that held it together yeah interesting the um absorbed tone it seemed to sort of have something I mean you know you know we were framed to, to sort of realize that this had to do something with these larvae these maggots larvae kind of things and it seemed to sort of like communicate the sort of alien way of being right the sort of non-human perception attunement to sounds and to and sort of resonance with uh, other people who were in contact with this being or beings or had been had infected with it I guess the resonance there to me as a ecologist, originally biologist, I felt like it was a really interesting portrayal of an entirely different life form, but expressed through humans somehow. So it's like a very non-human being. It's like it's got these life cycles. It's got all kinds of processes going on. And 
I was very intrigued by the the man with the pigs, who seemed to be a sort of hub figure in the whole thing, right? He was the one who uh, got the maggots seemingly out of the main character and into a pig, and then they were sort of intimately connected. But what that was all about was very sort of like ambiguous and murky. But the fact that that person had that he he was ma basically making like found sounds, field recordings type music, right? Yeah. What did you think of that? There was a whole section in the movie, and it sort of came back later where suddenly just became sort of like a sound collage right yeah that was amazing and it was yeah similar to the sort of choppy editing of the footage it was like in a way quite harmonious but in another way quite jarring and hard to put together and I felt like that was the same as well with the plot and the characters so there were these sort of two main characters the girl Chris and the guy Jeff and then there was this guy who kidnapped Chris and drugged her with these maggots and then while she was in that drug state stole all her money and then somehow she, she ended up with the pig farming man but it was unclear whether it was like you know they were in cahoots or whether each of these stories were totally separate and then yeah he took the maggots out of her and put them into a pig and then his role was that he could sort of commune with the pigs and then step into their lives almost as a kind of presence and see what they were doing and um, then yeah Chris and Jeff were sort of drawn to each other in this story that played out on a much more normal relatable way it was like a bit of a love story and there was some still some kind of like craziness and playing with reality but there was some humanity in it as well and I guess it was like all these different aspects of the story kind of resonating through and yeah I guess the pig guy was particularly interesting because one of the things that really stuck with me was like it was unclear what his he didn't have any motives and he almost had a slightly caring presence at, at times when he was entering into their lives but also he was this very sort of ethereal character who was kind of yeah almost just going through the motions or something and it was fascinating yeah and that's that's really interesting because i guess the first part of the movie where chris is basically being manipulated by this person who's sort of uses her hypnotic suggestibility to basically steal all her money and and do all kinds of weird stuff this this whole idea of infection and sort of hypnosis and suggestibility that seems very darkly you know used for sort of dark means then transitions into her being strangely connected to this pig farmer and that whole resonance right so it's like you go from a sort of dark sense of invasion and manipulation to that still being the case and there being trauma and things like that. But then through the, the weird connectedness with these pigs and everything, the experience took on an entirely different tone. Still, still very unsettling, right? Yeah, definitely. And there's something in it. There was two very clear ways of relating to this, which we touched on last time as well, which is this almost way of experiencing the world, which is this more like shamanic way, which is this kind of interconnected symbolic organism where everything is is one and that's the shared reality but there was also very much a way of watching this movie as if it was a inner journey it was like showing the symbolism of an inner, inner journey of the couple and I remember feeling very like there hadn't been much humanity in the film she was like a very professional almost sort of like slightly kind of zombie like in the matrix kind of person and then mm. got in this weird hypnotic state and there was no real like connection with any of the characters and the first moment of connection that I really felt is when she caught the eye of the pig 
just as they were about to take the worm out of her and put it into the pig and they looked each other in the eye and something about that moment was just really it was like ah there it is that's where the feeling is that's where the humanity is and yeah it felt almost as if looking at the film from the context of an inner journey it was almost as if the pigs were kind of representative of our bodies and our connection to our sort of like animal nature and somehow the two being sort of separated by society and having that sort of slightly creepy observer guy in between felt a bit like this sort of like patriarchal male gaze kind of how things look where yeah our culture is very much like separated we're not so like embodied and present we're more like up in our head and yeah something in that was seemed to come through as a theme for me definitely yeah and then i guess from then on the connection that these people had with the pigs and how the pigs sort of lived on that farm and everything seemed to sort of have that resonance i think right the sort of like animal parts of our being uh being represented there as a connection with these people and those two pigs sort of like developing a relationship in the corner there yeah (laughs) yeah very nice yeah yeah i i thought it was really touching how i really like this when a film like this operates at all these levels right because that sort of like desire to connect with each other of these two characters jeff and and chris and the pushing away that was going on especially from chris because she's basically just dealing with horrible trauma that felt very relatable that sort of relationship sort of trying to develop but being difficult to feel into i thought that was really interesting and then at some point the characters started to have arguments because they kept remembering each other's lives as their own right they started to be like no no that was my childhood no it was my childhood what's right really really interesting yeah that was fascinating and i really liked it's almost like the story was that they knew deep down that they'd been through the same thing and somehow that was what was drawing them together yes yes exactly they had that deep intuitive connection and it's almost like that brought them to life again in each other's presence before that they were these kind of traumatized zombies that just walked around (laughs) like shell shocked (laughs) yeah couldn't relate to anything and then it's like when they were together even though they didn't talk about it and they didn't know that they'd been through the same thing something in their beings there was like a sense of connection and this is something that i can really relate to it's like their reality didn't make sense to them anymore so they couldn't connect to anyone because they were almost like shut off in their own world and then when they found each other it was like even though they couldn't talk about it something in them was there was like that inexplicable thing that kind of connected them and they opened up to each other in this in a really nice way where they were like laughing together and having a nice time together and it was the first moments in the film where people seemed happy and and then they got lost in that getting confused with each other's memories and arguing yeah and the um power of that connectedness leading uh, eventually to discovering what was going on right and then connecting to all these other people so there's a sense of sort of connecting over shared trauma being a force for transformation being at the heart of that movie in some ways right Um, yeah and also i think what was beautiful about that was that the connection was not there was still a lot of strange things happening in their experience and they, they still couldn't get their heads around it but they managed to connect despite that i felt so there was a scene in the swimming pool yes where she was in the swimming pool and he walked in And she was diving down and getting stones and in this sort of trance of just um, bringing stones back up and and saying strange things. And he was like trying to talk to her and trying to look her in the eye. And you could tell that their minds weren't connecting because their realities were just off. But then he sat down and started noting it 
down what she was saying and like really taking care to listen and I felt like there was something so powerful in that in terms of an expression of the power of imaginal practice and shamanic practice and also a sense of really believing that expressions of mental health and psychosis and things like that they're expressing something meaningful there's something meaningful in that and the way that he did that and the way he was so kind of like caring and tender with it and listened to what she was saying and that seemed to yeah really help them connect and open up I thought that was really a nice moment yeah I agree really really wonderful and that being sort of the uh, the key right and then discovering that this is that she's essentially quoting Walden at him and word or sentence by sentence while she was diving so f- finding shared understanding and making sense uh, through that sort of shared yeah, decoding of reality in a way and of, of their experience yeah i think that that's that, that there's really some something very interesting in that connection through sort of filtered strange mode of communication and and sort of like just opening up yourself to trying to just tune into somebody's entirely different way of communicating and being in that moment huh? yeah definitely i feel like it's very resonant of a lot of practice we've done together <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Just to, in the imaginal space. Just to take it at face value, just to write it up, right? And just to engage with it, right? Yeah. On its own terms, right? Yeah. Let it express itself almost through you and not filter it or need it to make sense in the way that reality normally makes sense. And and not just reacting by, oh, she's just bl- babbling. Oh, what's wrong with her, right? No, like actually writing down what she's saying and just uh, actually listening to something there for sure. What, what I thought was sort of resonated with me imaginally in a completely different way is the idea that I, I just started spinning off in the idea that when they were sending Walden to all these people, that this had something to do with this being or beings that was connecting them, that uh, maybe that being had written that book, right? That so Thoreau was um, basically a part of this being at some time, you know, at the time of writing Walden, because it's, you know, about being by himself in a house that he built away from society and being happy to be alone in nature and sort of listening to things and, you know, whatever they describe how there's lines in there about hearing and tasting water and, and things like that. And I guess uh, there must be, I mean, I don't know, on a rewatch, you probably see some of the stuff about drinking lots of water and all these things in the beginning, which, by the way, was super creepy, like hypnotic suggestions, right? It's like there's a wall between you and your hunger and your sleepiness. And it will stay up until I'll tell it to, to come down. I thought that was pretty unnerving. It's super interesting, isn't it? The contrast between... So it was when Chris was kidnapped at the start, wasn't it? And the guy who kidnapped her was able to just dictate the world onto her, wasn't he? So he would say, like, my head is like the sun. It's so so bright that you can't look at it. And then she would just not be able to look at him. And then he'd say, you know, this water is the best thing you've ever drunk. And you can only drink when you've earned it and I'll tell you when you've earned it and she was just a total like child like completely following everything that he said and this is fascinating for me I guess in terms of that it's almost like two ways of getting into altered states of consciousness or Hmm. consciousness hacking or you know getting into deep meditative states there's like a way where someone can you get that sort of like guru model where someone can almost get you into the state and dictate things onto you, which to me always feels like super creepy, (laughs) like it does in this film. And then there's like this sort of nurturing, collaborative exploration of what consciousness is that 
is much more what like Chris and Jeff the couple go on where they're sort of falling into craziness a bit but opening it up and exploring it and they yeah they go on that car journey as well where they're just sort of following their intuition and yeah the scene in the swimming pool and other various bits as well yeah wonderful yeah i think that's beautiful uh, rosa there's something about togetherness allowing for sort of non-sensible in a way ways of being together and sort of opening to that experience of just life being able to be utterly strange and holding space for that right in a way, the way that they were living together is a sort of exaggerated way of what happens to all of us in life, right? We have all of in- inexplicable paths and strange things that happen and just weird life histories together. And so to be able to hold that space together, even even if it's hard, right? All the scenes like where he's digging under the house and she hears a sound and then, and then you know, you can tell it's a little desperate because he just keeps looking for it and he's like oh but you you know there's nothing and then suddenly he hears something and he's like no it's like a low sound and she's like no it's a high and a low sound and yeah all these sort of it's like connection disconnection disconnection connection connection disconnection but something deeper is holding them together and that's sort of muddling through in relationship and oh and sort of uh, recognizing something in each other sometimes disconnecting and, and not recognizing each other's experience but that also being just sort of somehow allowed or it's not like they were very easily allowing that but somehow they worked through it right they they somehow find a found a way they struggled they fought they got confused and and sort of terrified but they somehow find found a way to work through it together yes yeah that's a really nice description yeah i felt like it was a very good depiction of that sort of craziness where your mind can't make sense of your experience anymore and you're just at the whim of life unfolding I suppose and in the way that it was shot and you're never quite sure what's real and you can never quite land anywhere with it as well yeah it was obviously very difficult for them both wasn't it and I could I could really feel that in the in the story yeah and and then the only thing that mattered was basically just being there for each other um and love being the answer to the doesn't make sense-ness which is uh, something we've discussed uh, before of course yeah unbeknownst to the listeners Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah really interesting the reaction of jeff to chris at some point just saying immediately i want to marry you right now right that was interesting i want to marry you i want to be with you so sort of like going super hard into no i'm staying with you right uh, whenever there was an, a disconnect going on there that's very interesting especially i guess since jeff is shane caruth and is the director and writer of this story so that's an interesting layer there right yes yeah the, he was very yeah, I felt like he was sure, wasn't he, throughout that there was something in that connection beneath the surface, that, like you said, that was holding them together. So so I, I sort of feel like that theme of connectedness through strangeness and disconnection and doesn't make sense and all of that is like a major emotional theme of the movie. And then for me, there's also this sort of entirely non-human aspect of it. I could almost imagine what it was like to be that organism to sort of feel like that organism. Like it seemed like the with the farm, the pig farmer and the uh, all the people affected, there was something going on with them. And then I thought the scene where the piglets were thrown in the river and then the blue color burst out of the piglet's stomach. That was amazing. Like there's a, a story by H.P. Lovecraft called The Color Out of Space. 
which is about an area uh, that gets affected by a strange color that is not a color that anyone has ever seen before and they can't describe it you know it's typical hp lovecraft like it's indescribable but it makes everything sick and and sort of weirdly mutated and it's really a sad story because every like all these people in in this town and this family just die i think and it's, it's been a while since i read it but they just get ill and i think they just succumb to it and it, and it's kind of a being and it's a really wonderful description of an utterly alien presence it's like this corrupting color right i think that's really interesting and here as soon as i saw the blue color erupt from the piglet's stomach i was like oh there's a bit of color out of space going on here but it wasn't necessarily corruptive or destructive right it was more like a weird life cycle with the flowers and the, the larvae crawling around and all that and i sort of really appreciate the idea of sort of non-human intelligence that was presented through that sort of parasitic or maybe symbiotic non-human distributed meta-awareness floating around being able to resonate with environments and with parts of itself uh, my ecologist's heart and i guess also like weird fiction heart uh, uh, beats faster when i see that kind of stuff yeah 100 percent. i think when the color came out of the piglet and I guess this speaks to the name of the film upstream color it dyed some orchids blue and then some people harvested the orchids and then in those orchids the maggots or lava were part of that and the guy who was then kidnapping people was buying the orchids getting the lava drugging people with them and then they were get ending up at the pig farm and then yeah. having piglets and then it would go back in the stream so that was the kind of life cycle of it there was clearly no overarching like human force behind that life cycle was that it was purposefully left as if that was just a synchronicity and a coincidence that cycle of events between the people involved and i that is a hundred percent what that like shamanic aspect of experience opens up it's like this world where everything is interconnected and nothing is the source of the it's highly intelligent but nothing is the source of the intelligence and what's actually really amazing about that is that the way to get in touch with that is very much by yeah like going going crazy because it is it's absolutely crazy making the level of intelligence and detail and meaning in it and so you're sort of to get in touch with it you're kind of letting go of your grip on reality and that seemed to be almost like the process that they the couple were going through is losing that grip on on what was real and yeah the two aspects of that kind of deep inner journey and connection to this wider intelligence felt very true in terms of my experiences and what I've been through as well there's something just one of the quotes from the book when she was in the swimming pool really stood out to me it was um as it would have a universal and memorable ending was one of the things that she said and there's something so compelling in that phrase of really wanting the story to make sense and the story to be somehow universal something that everyone can connect to and yeah the memorable ending be like something that you can land on where you're like oh yeah we, we've made it uh, and it's almost like that's the counter side to this just sort of like endless crazy making nowhere to land no kind of central intelligence just sort of stuff unfolding in a distressing way it's like this idea that there's some universal story that we can all make sense of and 
belong in and there's some yeah memorable ending or place that we can land that for some reason that just really struck a chord with me so that relates to how the movie ends in a way because they break the cycle in a way right that the, mm -hmm. there's no more pigs being drowned the flowers don't turn blue anymore and the thief can't harvest uh, the drug from the or can't harvest the larvae anymore right uh, mm -hmm. and he, the la one of the last images is him sort of like shaking his head and he can't you know he doesn't have his supply anymore Yes, there's also something in the, if it was framed as like a representation of the inner journey, just before that happens, she finds him, doesn't she? She goes to the pig farm and finds the guy who looks after the pig farm and she looks him in the eye and there's a moment where it's like he suddenly catches himself and suddenly rather than being the observer, he's suddenly become the observed and he's it's like this moment of realisation in him where something shifts and then she shoots him and then they go to the pig farm and they turn it around and turn it into a kind of happy farm where the pigs are taken care of and I thought in terms of the inner journey that was almost like taking out that separation between the awareness and what we're aware of and our like embodiment and our bodies it was like an animal nature it's kind of like taking out the middleman between that and really connecting in with a sense of that we're animals and mm. Yeah, taking care of our bodies and things rather than seeing them as something that sh should be manipulated. Yeah, yeah, I can I can feel that. That's, that's wonderful. There's an interesting scene in the film at one point where the pig farmer is interrupted by a neighbor or something. That was That's interesting, right? Because that's sort of like, is the movie trying to say, no, this is real, right? This guy exists, right? Because he's sort of, he was very annoyed by this neighbor who wants to wanted to buy his piglets or something right yeah and he's like no, no yeah 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 oh thanks yeah yeah that's fine right and <laughs> and so there's there, there's a sense in which that in that scene sort of really grounds that that person as being really there mm -hmm. uh right uh in a way where it's not you know it can't just be a symbolic sort of like being or whatever um uh very very interesting yeah it did the same thing as mandy which i thought was powerful which is it played with the inner world and the outer world like the inner yes. journey being representative of that, but also grounding it enough in reality that it, that you couldn't distinguish the two. And that's very much, you go so far in that you come out or it goes so far out into this interconnected being that you're then deeply in your personal experience. Mm -hmm. Did that super nicely. What do you sort of like associate with the fact that that cycle was broken? And the very idea that this sampler was throwing piglets in the river it wasn't clear to us, I think, that he was doing that for the, re like you said, for the reason of perpetuating the cycle, right? It, it it sort of seemed to me like he was just getting rid of the piglets in general, but, uh, but obviously it did kill that cycle. Yeah, so what does that mean to have that cycle of sort of uh, these different life stages of this being? And in a way, there's, they, they would sort of end up in a sort of stasis with all of them, right? They, 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 it's the people, it's the piglets or the pigs, and they're li living um, in community with each other. And there's no, no longer that spillover into sort of these different stages of life. And no opportunity for others to sort of uh, manipulate or abuse the, uh, the cycle that was happening there. Yeah, I think that's the key, the lack of the manipulation and abuse of it. It was like the cycle created a situation where everyone was a bit zombified and kind of walking around in this dream like zombie state and then people would you weren't sure about some people's motives or there was the guy stealing money and yeah once they'd arrived in the pig farm and made it their home and were taking care it was like 
yeah, it's like a sort of coming home and a, a sense of care that was being taken. Like a loop closing. Yeah, and a sort of wholeness, right? Mm. Uh, what, what do you think? I'm still fascinated by the pig farmer, right? How do you think the pig farmer relates to this being or network of beings or whatever it was? Like, I'm, I don't mean in a sense of let's work out what really happened, right? Because it's clearly not the point of the film anyway. Um, and we're not, that's not what we're doing uh, here. But how do you feel like that person relates to everything else? Because uh, I agree that he didn't, f he didn't feel like there was a caring element to him somehow. And, you know, the fact that, that he was shown for such a long time doing that sort of field recordings work, which he apparently released as music, which is interesting, with a synthesizer sitting in the woods. <laughs> Very relatable. Um, yeah. yeah how, do you, how do you feel about the, the role of that person? I have a bit of a funny sidebar story because I was, I was laughing loads when he was doing the recording. <laughs> it reminded me of a ridiculous documentary that I watched with some friends once and it was this guy who was obsessed with the wind and he looked really similar the guy in the documentary to the guy in the film and he would go out with his recorder and like basically try and capture sounds of the wind and this whole documentary the story of it was that he wanted to go somewhere where he could capture the pure sound of the wind. So he was saying and describing the documentary how the wind is always like in the trees and it's always in the sort of the sound is made by interacting with other things. And he wanted to find somewhere where he could go, where he could <laughs> capture the pure sound of the wind. And he, he did, he went to some like really open, big open plain space and put his microphone out and captured it. And he was like, ah, oh, the pure sound of the wind. But I remember just thinking that's not that's not the pure sound of the wind, is it? Because that's his the wind in his microphone kind of yeah. and his boom. I was just about to say that. Yeah, <laughs> it's never the pure sound of the wind. <laughs> and for me, those two characters, there's something really like caricatured in Dharma for that of this idea that there's some like pure experience that we can and the the story with the pigs as well. It really ties in. It's like this pig farmer represented this pure observer quality of I can just look and I can see it as it is. And that this guy's idea that he can just capture the sound of the wind. It's like this theme that runs through a lot of dharma and meditation. And, and actually like the reality is, is that we're in these bodies and the, the, the bodies are the instruments that allow us to, to feel things, to see things, to hear things. And you can't escape that. There's no way to hear the pure sound of the wind or to just be the observer or to there's nice always the body in it and yeah he sort of represented that desire and that sort of capacity within us to dissociate and kind of be a bit of a observer and actually i think like you were saying having that part in the organism or yeah having that part which is more detached actually allows for more things like manipulation and evil and stuff to happen rather than this like deep sense of kind of like embodied presence that inspires compassion and care and those sorts of things yes yes wonderful that's 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 fantastic actually if you think about it if you think of this whole meta being that whole community of people connected to pigs connected to each other as sort of experience and the body all of these people together that whole community of trauma and cycles and connecting and disconnectedness and you know manipulation and then this person is sort of the uh, is the observer and his sort of i guess control over that whole situation then allowing the cycle to continue or to to ex 
exacerbate in a way and 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 be open to manipulation of other people yeah very interesting so the he so he's the head he's the uh, the witness in a way and and the rest and all these other people are just a lot it's just life happening and and being traumatized and trying to find its way and there's this found sounds person and his sort of like careful gardening of their experience and curating of their experience including throwing away the fruits of life the piglets actually getting rid of the filthy you know sort of like unwelcome offspring or sort of like life that springs forth from that community of pigs and then it bursts forth into other life and then it comes back to him and you know uh, yeah yeah that's <laughs> nice yeah super that's nice that's cool i guess one more thing i would like yeah. to say which was that i found super resonant was that bit with the starlings because i always talk about the star starlings starlings is my go-to metaphor for synchronicity and interconnectedness and the, and the fact that we're all one being and there was that bit where that phrase they could be starlings resonated through a bunch of it kept repeating and coming back around and back around like they could be starlings they could be starlings and later and um that was really powerful for me as well I really like that. Yeah, and starlings and sort of flocks of birds like that are often used as a metaphor for emergent complexity, right? Because mm -hmm. the way the, the way that it works in a way is that they obey a few simple rules, always move with the flock and cert or, or sort of with uh, yeah with the rest of the group and all these kinds of things, leading to these super complex and predictable patterns. I, I've used an example maybe two months ago in a lecture I gave on complexity and complex systems. So in a way, it's also maybe pointing to that idea of emergent intelligence right Emergent. yeah definitely yeah. and there's mm. i think in starlings you can't track the decision i think that's one of the reasons it's complex you can't mm. track where the decision has come from it's yes, that, like exactly. dispersed intelligence isn't it and that was what was coming through in the film as well it's like you couldn't track this intention or the sense of control or anything it was all very the intelligence was dispersed amongst every part of it i guess yeah that, that makes me think of in a way uh, you could say a, a you know a sort of neuroscience theory which is you could say in some ways radically opposed to some interpretations of awakeness and awareness not not all of them but that is that consciousness is an emanation of brain activity so it's sort of like a side effect right so the, there's just this embodied being and all this brain activity and then the sense of conscious awareness that witness is just an emanation sort of like a, mm. a, 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 an emergent sort of expression of all that activity right uh, which is uh, in it obviously tracks with some some dharmic understandings but but maybe in practice sometimes goes against how the disembodied uh, sense of of experience of pe some people talk about you know what i mean yeah yeah it's fascinating isn't it it's almost like it's like our nervous system is firing as part of the system it's kind of like the whole system and part of the system and our brain is part of that as well it's like we're emerging out of that system that's yeah. being fired yeah yeah and it creates a sort of emergent sense of of unity perhaps but uh, in a way it's a sort of sort of like emanating effect and and maybe not the you know you could look at that as not being the main function at all of what's going on in our bodies yeah cool yeah, <laughs> very nice so a per personal resonance that I just wanted to mention is that the idea of sort of being invaded and being mind controlled by an external being or presence, it made me think of cordyceps, these uh, fungi that take over insects and they basically force them to climb to a high place in a tree or something and then they die and then the 
fungus erupts out of the body or the head of the ant or other insect and then spreads to other ants uh, or ants or they affect lots of species. Um, my first partner actually is an expert on this topic. <laughs> She's a biologist. She's actually working on a virtual reality experience around that sort of like infection process. And what's interesting is that these fungi have existed for so many millions of years that the ants have learned it's part of their system to get rid of infected family members, let's say. So right, yeah. It, as soon as some ants are infected by this fungus, they are taken away far from the colony. But it, it keeps going, co-evolving, this sort of arms race in a way, or sort of dynamic between the ants and the fungi infecting them. Yeah, and I just thought, for me, that it's a resonant theme because uh, you know I'm you know I'm in a black metal band and uh, we've used uh, the image of uh, an infected ant with cordyceps from Charissa's lab actually as a cover for one of the albums, which is about self and about self and how the self is taken over by outside forces and sort of the sense of the loss of autonomy and how to deal with that and yeah sort of themes of self and the loss of self yeah that's super interesting because i spent do you, you know do you know that i spent three months where at least 30 percent of the time i was i felt like other things were in charge of my body <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 I, I i could see how you could re relate to this uh, to this movie uh, yeah. especially that, yeah. that, the, be the beginning yeah, yeah. This movie is just like more my reality than my everyday life, for sure. Yeah, I would walk around and I thought at various points, other pe it was other people who were like beaming in and, and moving me around or like mm. other non-human beings or intelligences. And I very much just like settled into a place of acceptance with that. Like it started out super extreme and I did all sorts of weird stuff when that was happening. Mm. And then now it's just sort of like settled in that that's there's like just a huge amount of truth in that that we are just one big interconnected being and we're not in control and I lots can of sort interconnections of, happening all yeah the time. I can just like lean back into the some of the time where it's like it's that there's yeah a great it's a greater organism that's unfolding and I'm only one aspect of it that's just intuitively how I make sense of it normally in my day-to-day it's so interesting, Rosa, because I really didn't didn't remember anything about what this movie was about mm. when I recommended it to watch. I just knew it was called Upstream Color. It sounded very strange and imaginal somehow. And and I knew the other one, right? I've seen Primer, which is an incredibly cool film as well. And I just thought, uh, let's watch it. And it's so appropriate. It's incredibly yeah. appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, one the final image I just wanted to briefly touch on before we end is um, in the beginning when the uh, abductor says that his he was born with an unfortunate condition that made his face the sun and that she can't look at his face, right? Like it took me a moment, to, just like a half a second to be like, oh, does he think that? And then I was like, oh no, it's the manipulation. He's basically trying to get her to look away from his face so she won't recognize him. But I thought that uh, that sort of idea, just imagine having that sort of as a pathology where you believe your your head is the sun. Yeah. It's very specific, right? It's like yeah. incredibly specific. So, yeah, I was born with uh, the sun instead of a head. And, it, and it, it made me think of the headless way and that idea that from your own experience, in a way, you don't have a head. It's like the, you, you're, because your senses, like your ears and your eyes and everything is here, right? So it's like 
the reality is sort of like folding out from here and mm -hmm. then there's your body right the, you know that picture the picture of sort of being a headless being because the so man, much of the sensory information comes in through your head i thought it was a very interesting image that sort of resonated with me in a strange way even though it was very fast yeah that's fascinating because i that feeling of being able to let go into a sense of being just one aspect of a bigger being hmm. it comes from yeah sort of dismantling the mind and almost being quite headless so the you know the roomy poem you've got to keep breaking your heart until it opens hmm. and my my phrase was you've got to keep opening your mind until it falls out <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that, interesting. That's the way into this, like, interconnectedness, which is kind of like just opening your mind incrementally more and more and more, letting go of fear, and, and then suddenly it's like, boom, and it can open, and it's a situation where you're exactly like you described, in your body, and everything's just sort of expressing out, almost like from your heart as your centre, kind of expressing out hmm. there, and also kind of coming in at the same time to that place. Without. And there's maybe a bit of like blabbing going on up here, but that's just part of the experience. Yeah, that's part of what's being expressed and being received. Yeah. It's not yeah. trying to hold it together or control it in the same way that um, it normally would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as uh, I guess Adyashanti puts it, uh, seeing through the eyes of the heart, which I think is a very mm. nice, uh, very nice phrase. Yeah, yeah I can relate yeah. to that. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just thought one last thing that be worth saying which we kind of touched on but maybe I can't remember how much I feel like the one thing that made the storyline compelling was their connection the connection between the two of them it was almost like without that the whole thing would have just completely dissolved into sort of chaos that you couldn't really follow and it wouldn't have been interesting yes. and I feel like that's often the case isn't it there's a connection between people that hold the story together but in this it was so stark because the rest of it was so glitchy and difficult to follow glitchy bleak sort of like strangely strangely low key re realistic right in a sense of sort mm. of feeling very everyday and gray and i think it was very on purpose like i think it's a yeah. muted style of filmmaking that is purposefully doing that to sort of let the emotions then pop out you know yeah and then it was like human connection between the two of them that made the film worth it it was like very obvious to me that's why i was invested that's why i was watching that was the only thing that was the only thing that was holding it together and i felt that that was such a nice representation of that space as well of having dismantled everything and ended up into this interconnected space it's like if everything's sort of just happening by itself in the universe it's kind of like nothing really matters or, or means anything mm. it's just a bunch of stuff no that's happening it's like nah. but then it's like the human connections and the human stories and the care and that the like weaving of, of those things that makes it worthwhile and makes it meaningful and yeah is the reason that it's yeah, we and, are and, worthwhile uh, I guess yeah, I mean, and uh, and I definitely feel that as well. I really feel like the very relatable stuttering attempts to connect to somebody else, which I can I can definitely relate to in a romantic way, uh, was really compelling. My interest was also kept by my sort of biologist heart, I guess. Mm -hmm. I was just really fascinated with the ecology of this being or beings. Like I was like, oh, 
And, you know, also to try to imagine what it's like to be like that, right? To be that being, the sort of alien mind or minds. Of course, combined with humanness, right? It's like sort of a mix of alien ways of being and human ways of being, which made it, I, guess, I mean, I guess that's sort of reinforcing your point there, that the fact that it was an alien mind, but expressed and sort of in conflict with and interacting with a bunch of humans and their trauma around this and how I guess the life cycle of this being in a way was traumatic in itself but uh, but of course the manipulation that happened and the evasion that happened by the abductor was the real sort of the deep traumatized deeply traumatizing aspect there as well yeah that sort of like meeting of the human and the profoundly non-human in terms of composition in terms of connectedness and ways of operating and different you know the idea of this very peculiar life cycle I mean I'm just like I, I now I remember why I studied biology, you know, that stuff just gets me going. It's really exciting. So, yeah, cool. Thanks for listening. And the next film that we plan to watch is Event Horizon, the 1997 science fiction horror film. See you then. Bye.